Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's the Nerdy Podcast hosted by two Northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And this week, it, it, is a, <laughs> is, it is a bit of a special one because it's the, our Halloween edition. I know it's a few days before Halloween, but like I say, everyone's always got plans on the big day and it, it, we, we could not let the day go past without trying to do something a bit def, different. So this week, we've got not just one special guest, not just two, but we've got three special guests. We were meant to have four, <laughs> but unfortunately one did uh, phone in sick. Poor Kelly, feel better soon. Um, so this week we are joined by Grant, Charlotte and Kev, who are, like I would say, main posters on the Nerdy Up North community. Uh, I know Grant's been with us from day one and helping us grow. Charlotte is our current reigning queen of the month. And Kev, from the 1st of November, will be the nerd of the month for the November. So, oh my God, we've got yeah. royalty in here now. <laughs> You'll get any special treatments, so don't worry. <laughs> May I speak my liege? <laughs> I'll think about it. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so just to start off as normal, um, like I said, this episode is going to be all about uh, horror films, like how how we've basically got into horror, what we love about horror, and even things that we find disappointing about horror, even these days or in the past, or things that we think could be do, done better, shall we say? Because I, I would never say the word hate, because I think hate's like quite a negative term, especially in fandom. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a no-go word on this podcast. Yeah. So before we start as well, uh, we'll because um, I know last week Sam got a disclaimer a bit <laughs> wet, so hopefully... Wet. So hopefully it's uh, not dripping today. And Grant's uh, looking like wait, wait for the comment there. I said I'd be on my best behaviour, man. <laughs> well, it's just to say as just to say as always, everything that we talk about in this episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. And if you don't like it, fine. Just come and have a you know if you want to have a discussion about it, come find us on Facebook. Get us in the comments. More than happy to have discussions with you. But what we won't have is toxicity get in uh in the uh in the nerdum and fandom and community it's no go I, I was so happy i could say toxicity correctly this time <laughs> normally i kind of never say it so, so yeah um cool. you want to do the introductions and then we'll get into this week's horror episode yes so just before we start as well because i am going to be promoting this like a motherfucker going forward as well we are doing a, a charity podcast on the 28th of November, yeah. uh, where me and Sam are going to be doing the podcast live. Uh, and it scares me a little bit for the full 12 hours. And all three of the members that's in this uh, podcast are going to be helping us with that as well, with a, an hourly slot. So um, it's going to be for Willow, Cat Category, Cat Category, Cat Category. We've already raised over £90 already uh, for the for the charity and it's only been launched, I think, two days. So that's going well for our £200 target. Uh, but yes, also I want to say that Charlotte does run uh, the like a subsidiary part of the group, uh, the, the Nerdy Up North Boot Club. So um, I, I always say that I, I would get a plug in for her so not to forget. So yes. Um, we did do the first book last month, which was quite in, it was quite a, an experience. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. I'll let you start now with your intros. So um, if Grant, if you want to start us off, I'll let you uh, have the mic there, sir. 
would be me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm Grant. Um, as Paul has uh, said, I've been a member of the group for quite some time now. I've got invited pretty early on because I, I know the guys that uh, run it from back in my days in Sunderland. Um, as far as nerdiness is concerned, um, I'm a big music nerd. Um, anybody that's watched the podcast previously will be familiar uh, with uh, Jake Bird and Stoko. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and him are in a band together. Um, metal band along with Paul Taylor and Adam Ashbridge. Um, we tend to just do whatever we want, but there's always quite a bit of horror sort of influence going in there, especially given the fact that we took the name from uh, Silence of the Lambs movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to shamelessly plug here either. <laughs> um, as far as my horror fandom is concerned, it started very, very early with me. One of my earliest recollections as a child, I, I was still probably infant school was seeing Puppet Master um, and being absolutely terrified. Um, I was convinced that it was real. There was this spooky old house in the village where I grew up and I was convinced as like an eight, nine-year-old that the puppets in from Puppet Master were running around this house uh, terrorising people uh, when we were kids and what have you. And it just kind of grew from there. Um, I got obsessed with blood and guts and gore. Um <laughs> You know, it's the age that I am. Hero Quest had just come out when I was a kid, and oh, when I got Hero game. Quest, um, obviously the skeletons and the zombies and what have you out of Hero Quest, I became obsessed with them um, to the point where my parents got dragged into my primary school and told <laughs> that I need to stop writing stories about zombies <laughs> and skeletons, <laughs> that kind of thing. And I've been a bit of a macabre and morbid little bastard ever since. I just want to point out as well, uh, I know your lovely wife has a side business as well with the most interesting things on there. Do you want to give her a little plug as well? Not really, but I suppose I'll have to. <laughs> oh my um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually the third. I was looking through my Facebook memories and it's the third anniversary of her doing that. Um, she runs a little um, kind of custom art business called Forgeen, um, F-A-U-X, as in like fake Edgeen. Um, it started three Halloweens ago. My son wanted a, a Halloween costume and he wanted to go as Jason Voorhees. And I'm a huge Friday the 13th fan. So I was like, no, son of mine's going out trick-or-treating in a pound shop mask. Um, so we ended up building him a full head mask, um, distressing the hockey mask. And, you know, did the like the whole head were like, you know, death. I'm sure that everybody watching this has seen the Friday the 13th movies. You know what Jason yeah. looks like. Um and after we'd finished it, I kind of looked at it and went, that's pretty cool. Previous to this, um, for my birthday the year before, me had, uh, Lee had made me a belt that looked like it was made out of human nipples. Um, <laughs> so... I think I've seen a picture of, well, I think I have anyway. But, uh, between that... <laughs> between that and the Ben's... Um... Halloween costume, we just thought, you know what it is, let's, you know, let's do some stuff and see whether people like it. I say we, she, I'm not artistic <laughs> at all. Um, when it comes to helping her out with this kind of stuff, I'll deal with a bit of structure and what have you, but all of the actual artistic elements of it is her. Um, you know, she's had some nominal success um, with it. You know, it, it, obviously it's a very niche market. Yeah. But the people that have come forward and ordered stuff have been crazy happy with mm-hmm. what she's done. During lockdown, we obviously had loads of free time. Um, so anybody that checks out our, our Instagram or anything like that will see we did a wrestling mask 
um, for a UK wrestler that wanted to change his gimmick into a bit of a horror movie, like mm-hmm. villain thing. So his luchador mask looks like it's about six people's faces stitched mm-hmm. together. Um, when he goes down to the ring in that, it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. I've, I saw the lamps, the lamps. Like I know my wife I wanted to buy one. I was like, where the fuck are we going to put this? And she was like, I know, but... <laughs> Living room! But, <laughs> she's already got uh, was it an octopus in the hide, uh, a few bats, uh, a raven. No, no, not a raven, a magpie. I was like, we don't need a, 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 like I say, but I think she is got an eye on it as well. So I, I couldn't let you uh, come on and not mention that because, like I say, it is an awesome thing to see there, Grant. Well, all of the stuff's made to order. So if anybody wants a belt made out of human nipples or a shirt made out of <laughs> buttocks or anything along those lines, I can tell you as well that most of the stuff that she does, it's all cast from me. So if anybody does want <laughs> my ass to wear, then I'm perfectly happy to cover it in alginate and take one for the team. <laughs> There's a selling point. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I might order one for Leighton just for the crap. <laughs> 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 love it. Cool. So, uh, thanks for that. <laughs> moving on to uh, to our queen, then. So we'll move on to the lovely Charlotte. Lovely. Um, <laughs> I didn't get yourself in trouble, there, Kev. <laughs> um, I think I got invited to the group quite early. I'm not even sure who invited us, to be honest. Um, and it was just a nicer atmosphere than other groups that I'll not mention. <laughs> um. <laughs> As far as nerdiness goes, I guess I was a Disney kid through and through growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, horror-wise, I got into quite late because my mom was terrified of horror films when we were kids, so we weren't allowed to watch them. They weren't allowed in the house. Um, and then we watched, I think it was The Others, when mm-hmm. I was about 11 at a friend's house. And instead yeah. of scaring us, it got me quite interested. Right. And it just okay. sort of went from there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm as you've mentioned, I'm a bit of a book nerd and there's always a book flowing around at some point. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Since I'm very impressed with me, but... <laughs> No, it, it is. It's quite interesting though as well because uh, we were discussing the others last week on the, the podcast about the ghost. Like we completely forgot about that. Uh, totally missed us by. And I think it was, was it Kelly Younghun or Kelly Moon who mentioned it and it totally blew us away that, like, because it is a, quite a scary, well, an unnerving film, shall we say. But, that um, I have never seen. <laughs> but you will see. You'll see it. Don't one. need to now. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. But yes. Uh, you don't like, see, you really are pushing the, the like, say, the Nerdy Up North Club as well. Like, um, you, yeah, well, um, trying to. <laughs> uh, like, say, I, I know from one, getting the group up and running is always the, like, say, the, the big stumbling block, but people are showing an interest. Um, so it's always fun, but and again, it's always good to have the recommendations for a book. And as a fellow Disney nerd as well, it, it's it's always cool. <laughs> so moving on to the big man, that's going to be the future king. So what have you got to say for yourself, sir? So we call him the meme maestro because, like, say, I think you must post about fifteen or twenty memes per day. I think that's the average. I think. And that's just what you get. <laughs> I say you work in IT, I'm bored. <laughs> that's one of them. Between <laughs> IT and Charlotte, I've, I've got my hands full. <laughs> <Kind of story>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> will for us. At some point. So. Uh, I'm Kev. Uh, I got into horror quite early, to be honest with you. Um, 
started off, um, my dad was in the forces, so we used to live in Germany. Uh, we used to come across here for holidays, Newcastle, great holiday destination. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to sleep in my uncle's room when he was out clubbing, um, and he had horror posters all over, like literally his entire bedroom, floor, ceiling, everything was just horror. Um, and it scared the shit out of me, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it the crap out of me. The earliest memory I have of horror is waking up in the middle of the night, and you'll have all seen the film House, no doubt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the picture with they've uh, got the door and then the hands yeah. coming through the door. Yep. Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Rolled over. Next thing I know, I've got my man Pinhead there, staring us in the face. Scared the <laughs> shit out of us. Ran downstairs. We're talking New Year's Eve here, so round about half nine, ten o'clock. I'm about five or six at this point. Ran downstairs, <laughs> terrified. Everyone's out apart from your granda. He sat watching the Lost Boys. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He'll keep us safe, don't worry, he's a big man. So I uh, sat with my grander watching The Lost Boys and that was it. I was absolutely addicted from there. After that, we'll put Predator on. Loved it. <laughs> and he was already a hero at that point. And then after that, um, it was Hellraiser and I was addicted from day one. Scared the shit out of me, but loved it. It's interesting though as well, because I remember watching Hell Hellraiser way too young to watch it, not really understanding mm. what the crap was with, but it just... Like I say, I, 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 I don't. I know it's one of them films that I, I do go back and watch, but I don't think I've ever enjoyed watching it. I don't think it's a film <laughs> you're meant to enjoy watching, though. That's the thing. I know it, it's just one of them things. It's not fear inducing, but it's, it makes you feel uncomfortable <coughs> all the yeah. way through. Clive yeah, Barker has a way of doing that even in his books as well. So yeah. it's yeah. not. It's they're uncomfortable. And to be honest, I I still to this day don't quite get Hellraiser. I'm really sorry, I'm just not a fan at all. I love oh, lots of people aren't. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it, if it just, it just really just bores us a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> oh, lots, of people, lots of people have the same opinion. Caps lock on the comment section. <laughs> <and the street. laughs> what a statement. <laughs> people have been talking um, about Hellraiser quite a lot recently because they're doing a really? new one, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Where Pinhead's yeah, going to be female because in the book there was no gender. Mm -hmm. That's going to upset a lot of people personally. Class, it's going to be mint. Doesn't matter I'm what people really say about forward to it. I'm glad we've got onto Hellraiser really, really early here because the first <laughs> Hellraiser movie is probably my favorite horror film of all time. Um, with the exception of obviously the, the cheesy 80s lighting effects at the end and what have you, I think it ticks so many boxes regarding fear. You've got gore. Um, to, you know, you've got that kind of claustrophobic feeling of uh, being in the house. There's the fear of the unknown. Um, obviously, it, you know, it's a touchy subject, but it comes up in horror a lot, the way that Frank um, behaves um, when he's got the dad's skin on and everything. There's a, there's a lot of sexual connotation in there that makes people really, really uncomfortable as well. Um, I, I mentioned just in my intro there about um, parents getting pulled into school about horror stuff when I was a kid. Um, it, Hellraiser was one of the movies that influenced <laughs> me with that. I'd written a story. I was about nine. And in the opening scene of the story, there was a guy chopping a rat to bits. And oh. obviously anybody that's seen the movie knows that that's quite a pivotal scene. Um, in Hellraiser, it's, I've been obsessed with the Hellraiser movies, even the truly dreadful ones. Um, yeah. For as young as I can remember, and I'm really, really looking forward to this remake. Yeah, dreadful. Yeah. Is it going to be a film, or is it going, is it going to be a film or a TV show? A film, film as far as I'm aware. Oh, I think it's interesting. 
Oh, sorry. no, sorry, Sean, <laughs> I think it's inter- interesting because if, even if you haven't seen Hellraiser, even if you don't know what it is, you know Pinhead. Yeah. One of the more iconic horror icons out there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, again, you, like, you probably won't even know the story because P- uh, Pinhead is in the film very little, especially mm-hmm. the first one. He's just like glimpses and at the end um, when he's taking them, well, Tearing, him, tearing his soul apart and stuff like that. But I think Grant's right. It does tick a lot of the boxes. And the way it's shot as well, it's very gritty. It's very um, <clears throat> not big effects or it's everything's like the way they do it is all practical effects, but done like slowly and it, the door doesn't rush at the same time. And um, that's like, say, I, I, again, I, I, I love horror films and some horror films I enjoy. And like, say, I'll watch like Scream. I'll watch it. It's, it's a fun ride. That's not a fun ride. It's just an uncomfortable one. But I do enjoy it in a way. I, I don't know if that makes me a little bit weird, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that's like, say, I couldn't watch Hellraiser over and over again because I think it would lose its appeal. But I do go back to it every so often. Um, just because I think this is the, one of the years I haven't watched it for a while, so I'll probably come back to it next year when it goes through the Halloween, uh, like I said, leaned up to Halloween next year. But yeah, it is an interesting one, especially with how modern horror films do rely on too much gore in my my eyes compared to back then when it was used sparingly but done well. But um, going back to my first experiences, um, like I say, my auntie used to tape all the horror films that used to be on either Channel 4 or BBC One after midnight on a Friday or a Saturday night. Um, there used to be a presenter as well. I'm trying to think of his name. I think it was Dr. Terror. Can anyone remember? Oh, my God, no, but that sounds amazing. I'll see if I can find a picture and put on, like, say, as part of the podcast, because his, his image is absolutely like, class. Because it was basically this old bloke dressed as the, the devil. Um, and you remember, you remember the like, best way I can relate is, uh, remember on Gremlins, is it Gremlins 2, where the old vampire guys uh, introducing yeah. the horror films? He's like that, but he's got like a full prosthetic face. And um, just done a Google search there. It was called The Vault of Horror. Um, and he used to like say, introduce like the films that was coming on, but it was proper cheesy, hammy done. And it was almost like, um, like, like I'm trying to think of the word, like Labyrinth or uh, Dark Crystal oh, with, the, no. with, with like the type of effects, how he's like introducing, uh, like I say, these movies. And some of the movies were absolutely terrible. Uh, like really bad horror films. Like me and he used to watch them beforehand. And if there was any like gratuitous nudity or like really a lot of sex, she used to tape over the tape. And like I didn't get to watch them ones. But if it was um, like say not bad or like say a scary film, that was my first introducing. Like say I saw a lot of horror, hammer horror films that way, uh, and a lot of the like seventy or eighties horrors. Um, that came out. One of the ones I remember as well been absolutely terrified for but I watched it not too long ago it was just weird um, anyone see The Gate can remember The Gate yeah it was basically um, this hole appeared at the back in the backyard of this person's uh, this kid's house and these little demons start coming out of it and it, it just was so shit it was terrible <laughs> but, <laughs> but we're watching it now but it scared the life I was like the thing like it was like Evil Daddy's hand got possessed there was an eye on his hand and uh, everything, and he had to like close this gate to stop these little demons coming. So it was like a cross between goblin, uh, 
was it was it goblin not goblins um ghoulies it was like ghoulies, ghoulies. Yeah. um oh, and gremlins in a way but i remember being absolutely terrified of that as a kid wow mine's been mentioned on here quite a few times um i have a friend who lives around the corner lived around the corner my dad still lives there now and we literally lived a few doors away from each other but she was the friend who got everything like every dodgy horror film that was going she had them and we would just go and sneak into her house on an afternoon and go and watch them and the one that got us and like I say I've mentioned this a hundred times was the horriblest bitch of them all Dolly Dearest (laughs) absolutely hate her she is she's horrible I've never owned baby dolls or dolls because of her when I was a kid Mm -hmm. just couldn't do it. I think I lived in my mum's bedroom for the rest of for the rest <laughs> of my sister appeared. Um, yeah. But it, it grew. It Obviously, after our... Yes, she scared us, and yes, dolls scared us, but everything else didn't seem to scare us. And I mm-hmm. always have this lovely memory of watching the Twilight Zone at my grandparents' house. And I don't know why I can always remember the ending was... It was something to do about lies, like lying. And at the end, the kid sneezed into a tissue and his nose fell off <laughs> and I always <laughs> remember it and I was like oh, that's amazing <laughs> I, was like, I just I love I love the obscure um but the likes of like I didn't really get into like Halloween and Freddy and that until later on like I liked other aspects of horror as opposed to the the what you would expect to jump into first mm-hmm. Um, no. Like Dolly Dearest and um, People Under the Stairs is still oh, one of one of yeah. my favourites. Absolutely love it. <laughs> it is amazing. There's just so there's so many. I had one in my head as I was thinking earlier because like I've obviously I've mentioned the Dolly so many times, um, mm-hmm. but it's gone now, completely it's, gone. It's good shout though, the People Under the Stairs because um, oh, it's it. one of them films that it gets talked about a lot about possibly getting remade and I don't think that needs to be remade. Leave it, yeah. leave you, it alone. No, leave it alone. I've just remembered what it was. It was which 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 board. It was called, I think on the DVD case of VHS case, sorry, it was Ouija. But right. if you look at it now, it's called it's Witchboard. Um mm. it has her in who was in the White Snake video with big orange hair. What's that? Sorry, She's just passed away recently. All right, I've, like I said, it's not one I've heard of. Like I said, it's not oh, one which one is so? It, it's so eighties. It's amazing. Like the, <laughs> the the stereotypical goth punk girl is unreal. Like I wanted to be her so badly when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Um, I just I was too scared to cut the hair as short as <laughs> she had like this awesome like mohawk on that. Um, it's just it's it's cheesy horror, mm-hmm. but I just it's fantastic, really no. fantastic. But yeah, I remembered what it was there. Cool. No, uh, like I say, I'm trying to think of the other films as well because I remember, um, especially like during my school years, the big thing about uh, the horror horror aspects was uh, the band movie craze. Mm. Um, video nasty. And, and, yeah, the video nasty sections. Like there was a lot of films that uh, were hard to get, and if you knew someone who to get them, it was like gold dust. And you, I made around the corner. <laughs> yeah, that was me at school. I had copies of The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and everything long before they got uh, re-released. Yeah. Oh, I remember buying Texas Chainsaw Massacre on DVD as a, it's a re-released, it's never been released yeah. before. And I was mm. so excited. And watching it for the first time, I was totally underwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. oh. but now 
now I now I'm a bit older and I think of more psychology in in films. Wow, that is so good. Like so fucking good. The the fact that not when when you hit when you when he hits that guy over the head, there's no music playing at all, and you can hear every crunch and the kicking and like mm-hmm. it was so good. And also Leatherface as well, and how how sensitive he actually was. Like yeah. if you can see it that way, he mm-hmm. was incredibly sensitive, and you know his way of life is how it was. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. these people who he hasn't got a clue why they're running into his house for and making a fuss. You just didn't understand it. I just, I, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre probably more than what I did when I first watched it. I'm going to get a lot of hate for it, but uh, I think the remake's better. Oh, really? I've not watched <laughs> it. Which one? There's been about five. I, um, was it, uh, me and Charlotte had this conversation the other day. It was Jessica Buell, wasn't it? Yeah, ah, the first yeah, one. That one. Yeah, the first one. The one, with, the, sequence, the one with the it? chainsaw when yeah. he goes straight up the middle of the guy. Oh, right. Nice. Is that the one with the guy out of um, uh, oh, Vietnam movie? Stanley yes. Kubrick. Yeah. yeah. Metal Jacket. It, it's got him playing the father in it instead. Yeah. 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 I did really, really enjoy that remake as well. Mm. It was class. It was... Um, just the first time I watched the original Texas Chainsaw, it was, uh, it was the first time it had been on film four, uh, sorry, Channel 4 when it got released. Mm-hmm. I remember I was just going into my GCSEs. Mm-hmm. My mum awesome. came in my room, she's like, you're going to be knackered, you'll, you'll fail all your exams. So I was just like, oh, it's a fucking film, man, I'll be all right. <laughs> literally 45 minutes in, where I was like, this is the biggest steaming pile of turd I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I just could not get into it. I couldn't understand all the love for it. Yeah. Switched it off, fell asleep, tried to watch it a couple of weeks later, thinking I was probably just tired. Same impression. Crap. I think the big thing that Chainsaw had going for it at the time, obviously there's a lot of us here that are of the age that, you know, we can remember when it was banned. And it's Mm -hmm. the fact that we've been somewhat desensitized to things and that we don't look away. I remember hearing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, before it got the re-release and everything. It was, oh my God. And, you know, you see I get lifted up onto the hook and a rib cage explodes and you see a heart hanging off the edge of the hook. And the one thing that that film did really really well as it made people look away at certain yeah. points everybody that said something like that it's not even like a mandela effect thing it's the fact that people looked away they heard what happened but they never saw what happened so they made up this image in their head um yeah. of what was potentially going on on the screen you know that similar thing could be said for serbian film uh with i mean don't get you know serbian <laughs> film is very 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 graphic <laughs> But there's certain elements, there's one particular scene in Serbian film where people think they've seen things that they haven't actually seen um, for exactly that same reason. Nobody even wants to suggest that they might have actually seen that on the screen. So they look away and they make up in their head what might have happened on the screen when in actual fact it's all sound effects, it's all owl, what's going on with you. I think that's what makes horror films scarier. It's it's what you don't see, it's what's in your imagination. But Paul's yeah. been saying the whole time this podcast has been going. <laughs> like I can remember going to see the new Invisible Man mm-hmm. um, last year, was it? Oh right. I'm, I'm and I literally I left nail marks in his arm because it was so tense. And it's mm-hmm. it's all what you don't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the camera angles. Just yeah, uh, to clarify that they uh, they scored. <laughs> <laughs> you oh probably deserved it. Didn't worry. Didn't worry. <laughs> I don't mean. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, 
spot on, like say what you say in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think with a lot of the video nasties as well, as Graham said, the build-up that we couldn't see it. So you mm-hmm. built it up and built it up so that you thought this is going to be the best thing or this is going to be the most scariest thing. And and nine times out of ten, they weren't. They were just done differently. Like there's very little blood at all in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Like, I think yeah. um the only that time you actually awesome. see blood getting spilled is when she cut it they cut it cuts his hand on the in the in the bus at the start yeah. and they're taking yeah. the photograph and he knifes his hand and you see blood trickle out his hand. But everything's done like off camera or behind yeah. the door shuts as the as you would see the person getting killed. Like you say you're getting put on the hook, then the door shuts. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that frightens you the most about the Texas Chainsaw Mask, especially because it's it's an assault on the sound, because the amount of screaming, yeah. I think for I think it's seventy percent of the film, it's uh, women screaming or sc- screaming or loud noises, that's just assaulting you. So it kind of comes at you in nine directions. So yeah. it, it come, but I think with a lot of the video nasties, again, I know you love it, uh, Sam. Um, in my opinion, was like The Exorcist. It was billed of being the most scariest film ever made. And it is. And <laughs> but when you watch it back, there's aspects in it that you think, ah, oh, oh mm. and mm. I'm always I, gonna I, disagree I was, with you on that. Yeah. Oh no, I, I think it's a good film, but I was very underwhelmed when I first saw it because I built it up oh. thinking I was gonna be like shitting myself and not sleeping for weeks after. But it was like say I'll I'll I know I joke about I preferred repossessed so well of course <laughs> I mean that's a classic I totally get that um, mm. but Exorcist is one of my favorite all time films like yeah. there's Ghostbusters and Exorcist and it's it's an absolute masterpiece in my opinion um, mm. I don't go I don't go into horrors to be to to be scared mm-hmm. I really don't I don't look for the scare in it I don't look to be to be, if I get one, then I'm, I'm pleased, but it's very rare that I do. The Exorcist yeah. makes us go cold, like really cold, uh-huh, to the point where I'm, I'm frozen. There's still, to this day, I have seen it a hundred times. I watch it every Halloween. I couldn't watch it on Halloween in 2019 because it's when I got married, but I watched it the night before at midnight just <laughs> Because I cannot not watch it. It's me thing. I have to watch it at Halloween. And still, I still see bits that I, I didn't know were there originally. And there's one that really, really gets us now. Um, is the the de- the the devil is the devil's face in the kitchen? Is it what? Yeah. Is it? Uh, Pazuzu? Oh yeah, on the hood thing, yeah. isn't it? Never, yeah. never noticed that until 2019. <laughs> there's a nice lot of flourishes in there. That's the sound of a good horror film. You can see it a million times and it still scares mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Something new every time. Oh, definitely. And The Exorcist just delivers. Like, I have watched I've watched the making of it. Like, I, I love... I love I, like, that's what, yeah, that's what I was just about to say as well. Because uh, with The Exorcist, I found the stuff that was going on behind the camera like, mm-hmm. like and afterwards quite interesting. Like, that was the interesting yeah. part. Oh, William Freeman was a was an absolute dick. Yeah. Like the the um, the main actress in it who played her mom has constant spinal injury because of the the throw the did across the room with yeah. the um when the wardrobe goes across and she goes with it, he dragged her. <laughs> he literally dragged her and almost yeah. like snapped her spine. But it's yeah, never like a rope tied around her waist or yes, something like that with a hole in the wall. And instead of one mm-hmm. person yanking the rope, they put like five of the road crew on it so that you yeah. prop up. Bang. And yeah. um, 
he would shoot guns to get reactions. The temperature in the room, you know, what you're seeing breath-wise is genuine. He would drop the temperature right down. You would get right in there. To make to make me convinced that Max um, von oh, I can't never see his name. Thank you, um, <laughs> thank you. To make me convinced that he is it was an old man. The makeup in that is absolutely amazing because when I saw him in Star Wars, I nearly shit. I was like, does he never age? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's going on? I genuinely thought he was an older older man. Like, that's who it was. I didn't think they'd like mm-hmm. put so much makeup on that they de-aged him. Um, the actual the rotating doll so the when the head rotates obviously can't do that really so it's a doll that does it and he wanted to see what people's reactions would be and he used to put it in taxi cabs in New York and just send it around <laughs> and then just trigger the, the re, trigger the um the motionary and it's like spin its head to see what people's reactions were around he was an he's a genius he's a mentalist but he was a genius <laughs> in how he delivered that film like if you ever want to know any more about the exorcist mark mark oh, what's his name why can't i talk tonight mark Kenob, Kenob, you know the um guy with the quiff he's a movie pretty oh yes he was the british one he took over from jonathan yes. ross i think yeah it's his all-time favorite film he's done documentaries on it he does podcasts on it he taught he will talk forever about it and it's so yeah. fascinating exorcist i think uh, was being number one yeah i think me and Greg spoke about sequels oh sorry mate go for it that's what I said. Just me and Grant spoke about, um, like I say, I think it was only a few weeks ago, about Linda Blair getting injured as well. Um, yeah, when she, she's on the bed, when she's going forward and back, and she's yeah. screaming, Mother, Mother, make it stop. Those are real screams because yeah. the um, the hinge mechanism was digging into her hips mm. and all that kind of stuff. God, it's probably it, on the same making of documentary because I've it, heard the one about the taxi cab as well. Yeah, but the lady who did the voice of um, the devil who was possessing uh, Regan was took the role so seriously because she had a very angelic voice that she smoked about 60 odd a day, ate raw eggs, totally like just fucked that vocal cord right up so she could do that incredibly fucked up voice that she does. And she still to this day has a croak, <laughs> like a really bad croak. Um, it probably was on the same one because I remember the, the back and forth one. <laughs> but Linda Blair is not exactly the, the greatest person. I'm not really a big fan of her now. She does not like do. She does not like the Exorcist. If you go and meet her at a meet and greet, she will. She does not have the Exorcist written down on her list of films that she did. She will not sign anything to do with the Exorcist. She'll sign Sweet Dreams. But that's not her thing. Like that's not a phrase from her movie. She's mm. very much distanced herself from it, but still goes to horror conventions. That's True. really weird because she seems to have typecast herself in horror roles as well after The Exorcist, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, especially she did... in Supernatural. Yeah, yeah, supernatural. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's scary. I mean, it's not—it's not just that she does horror everything. Yeah. So yeah, not so principled that she didn't go and do The Exorcist too. which wasn't the exorcist 2 i was i was going to mention there because obviously we've talked a little bit about remakes and what have you i just briefly i spoiled the exorcist for myself because i read the book first when i was very very young is it really good it i mean the the film gets it really really close to the mark there's obviously there's missing dialogue and what have you because it it needs to be done when you're shrinking it down from a book to a movie Mm -hmm. but imagery wise especially the spider walk scene 
the spider walk scene's creepy enough at the best of times, but what I had in my head for that scene was really fucking messed up and nothing would ever top what came in my head. But I also read <laughs> the sequel to The Exorcist, which is the movie The Exorcist 3. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. The, the, Exorcist, bloody, uh... the Exorcist 3 is uh, the book Legion. Is that the one that's um, called he- uh, Hetnik or something like that? Uh, Heretics, Heretics the second Heretics, Heretics the second Heretics. one, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. No, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the, uh, uh, the garden shears. Yeah. <sighs> scared the crap out of me the first time I saw it. The, the, the book's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, the, the, the film kind of gets it right, but it just sort of fizzles off a little bit at the end. Um, but, it, I mean, it comes back to the fact that the book, The Exorcist, there's a lot more um, dialogue and relationship building, even in the original Exorcist book, between um, Father Karras and the... Oh, what's the detective called in it? Oh, no, it's been a... Don't worry about names. We'll, we'll never get the names right, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, the, 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 you know, uh, Kev's seen it, um, you know, the third... Um, exorcist film it's more mm. to do with the the detective and how he's kind of you know obviously messed up after what happened to damien Karras and all of that mm. kind of stuff it, it had potential to be an amazing film and they just didn't quite get it right yeah but as was, is was it, always true of sequels yeah because that's one that was that one that was based in the mental asylum or in the hospital oh, yes I, yes i remember that i know um they tried to was they tried to do a sequel to it um, not too long ago where they filmed the film twice because they didn't like the first version and they, they redid it. I thought it was called Dominion or something like that. And I yeah, one. I was talking about this with the wife the other day because it's popped up on Netflix. It's both both of them have got the whatever his name is from the Marvel movies. He plays the mm-hmm. Doctor yeah. that Loki gets. Um, and yeah, there's, there's two like it. It's like they filmed the movie and went, no, we're not happy with that. Go back and do it again. Same <laughs> cast, but we'll just change everything. You got uh, Exorcist: The Beginning and Exorcist: yes. Dominion. Yeah. Yes, and I, then, uh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I generally didn't know <clears throat> Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, I, um, I just love saying his name. What about the? It's TV basically series? identical up until a point, and then one the entire story that. changes after about forty minutes and goes off on one compared to what the original was. I think Dominion was the first one that got released, and then Beginning came out afterwards. Might be the other the one, way around. Because they wanted to do um, a proper horror film, but I think the one that the film was like a psychologically slow burner. When there's yeah. not enough scares in this, so when, that's when the fired the director and got someone else in to redo most of them. There's two versions of it out as well. I think you can still pick up both versions wow. as well. But what, um, a kick I, in the, what a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Like we'll, <laughs> we'll release the one that we've sacked the, the director on and then we'll release the other one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch the Exodus TV series? Is that the one with Gina, Lee, um, Gina, Gina Davis? Yes. I heard really good things about it, just never got around to it. It's brilliant up until a point. Mm. And then when that point's made... It ain't very good anymore. <laughs> it really isn't. Yeah. yeah. The minute you get to it, you're like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's, it's just... <laughs> it's one of them. Um, I, I wanted to binge it, but then it got cancelled. And I was like, well, I don't want to start a new series when it, it's being cancelled. Um, it's the same with uh, what's just been brought out, Why the Last Man. Um uh-huh. I really wanted to watch that. I love the comic and it's just been cancelled. So <laughs> it's like, why I don't invest the time in it. But, Although um, they are. I did see something home. the other day. They're looking for another uh, network yeah. to put it on. 
Right, okay. So, fingers crossed. I will keep it there in the back burner, but yeah. Um, that's, what we that's one of the things I didn't go towards the Exorcist film. Um, but again, I'm just trying to think of other what band ones as well, because I know Clockwork Orange was a big one, but that wasn't I classed really as a horror. I really don't like Clockwork Orange. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a it. load of shit. I agree, I agree it's overrated, but I'm um, just trying to think of the horror ones, because it was uh, there was Driller Killer. That Driller was Killer. Child's Play. Child's Play. Charles Play, Charles 3, Play was the it? big video nasty. Right. That was the one that um, off the back of the James Bulger oh, killing. Yeah. Right. Just before we go any further, the last two times that we've brought up Charles Play, we've called him Jamie Bulger. And right. I noticed it last week and I feel fucking awful because <laughs> it's horrible. You called, him, you called him Jamie Bulger on the first one. Right. And I called him Jamie Bulger last week. Um, sorry. sorry, I just had to point that out while I remembered James Bulger. Yeah. Again, <laughs> like I say, we're not fact fact checking, so don't worry. But uh, <laughs> no, but it just annoys me when I heard it because I'm shouting at myself, going, "Holy shit, that is so disrespectful!" His name's James. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was Charles Day three that when that came out, yeah. um, wasn't it? That the whole yeah, was... kicked off about it. That the army camp one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the army one. I think it's interesting because when you look at sort of the the horror films that were banned. Mm-hmm. And why they were banned, and then you compare them to like today's horror films. Mm-hmm. They seem really tame. They yeah. seem really tame. And I think mm-hmm. Brent was right. Like we're desensitized to it. So when you hear something's banned, you build it up in your head, mm-hmm. and it disappoints a little because it's not what you're expecting. Yeah, like a prime example. Yeah. Oh, well, I watched that for the first time. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it was all right until the last half hour. It's just like just... it's it's a film about someone. Uh, think about um, trying to think the Joker, but with yeah. instead of turning the Joker, he, he goes around killing people with a drill. Yeah. Oh right, okay, that does sound <laughs> quite interesting actually. Well, was I Brain Dead I... one of them as well? Was it? Oh. Brain Dead. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. didn't because did that get what, Was that was that Peter Jackson? Um, Brain Dead. It, didn't, it was. It didn't, ah, but it didn't get. If it got banned, it got banned over here because New Zealand fucking loved it, mm-hmm. and they promoted the shit out of it. So I don't yeah, know the if BBFC it decided got no. yeah, it, it Talking got about like the the late night um, band series when uh, when we were younger, um, that was the first time I saw Bad Taste. That was Peter Jackson's first movie. Yes. Um, I remember them showing it on Channel Four, and it, you know, he's using like you know, trifle for brains mm-hmm. and all of this kind of thing. It's amazingly bad, yeah. Um, yeah. but so well put together as well. It's, I, I would maybe love to see Peter Jackson get a hold of that film and literally do it take for take, scene mm. for scene, but with the kind of budget that would that he, really that fuck pull. people up, you know? Yeah, because he it's could pull a massive budget right now like based on the oh, back of he like, can do whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> he did he <laughs> the fuck I would love to know what he was on when he was making these films and can it uh, be I think he'll tell you I think he st- I told us there was a lot of drugs involved um, oh, has to be Actually, I, think, I think a lot of stuff I think a lot of things was legalised well not legalised but easy to get in New Zealand at the time as well to be <laughs> fair there's not much you can do in New Zealand it's a lovely place yeah. but there's fuck all to do there the best part about it is though like apart from like Lord of the Rings aside when he can make New Zealand look so beautiful but yet yeah. really fuck it up with these storytelling it's so weird <laughs> It's so versatile as well. You know, you got the Frighteners coming out of his yeah. back catalogue oh, as well, which is amazing. And mm. although it's not really a horror film, so to speak, Heavenly Creatures is absolutely mm. wonderful as yeah. well. 
Um, you know, the man is a genius up until mm-hmm. the point that he decided to start messing around with a really big monkey and then everything got oh, really, right, really okay. messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I thought you were heading into the, to the rings territory there and I was like, uh, oh, Oh, no, no, absolutely <laughs> no. not. But yeah, when he hit that, when he did Kong, I was like, what the fuck were you thinking? You literally got a lot of money and went, let's see what we'll, let's see what I can pull out my arse. <laughs> <laughs> he he stayed so true, much. true. I think it's because, because to me, Kong is a horror film. It's one of the yeah. uh, oldest and classic horror films. It's just yeah. done in a different Agreed. way. It's a monster movie done well. But I think he stayed too close to the to source material with, the Kong, because I think the, the ones we got after, like uh, Kong, what was it? The one with Samuel Skull Jackson Island. and uh, Skull I Island. I loved that film. That was I absolutely done film. brilliantly. And it's one of the better, big, big monster it. films that's been done in a long time. It's one of my favourite films, Skull Island. Oh, I think what? it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I generally mm-hmm. liked um, Kong versus Godzilla. I really did. Oh, shit. I- Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was probably I didn't. I, but come on, I'm the person who thought Mortal Kombat was okay. So I, Mortal Kombat was good. I really Kombat liked it. Yes. The new one. Yes. The new one. I, I, I loved it. It ticked every box. I mean, you're not you're not going to get an Oscar-winning performance out of a Mortal Kombat film. You no, know? you're not. It's, it's going to be shit. And as long as it's not as bad as Street Fighter, then we've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> so yes. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, that was good up until uh, when they went animality. That, yeah. that then they started turning into dragons. That was the only time that that went really bad. But uh, but fuck me. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm just trying to think because like, say, it's interesting what you're saying. Um, going back to the point you said a few seconds ago there, Grant. Um, Channel Four used to be quite ballsy with what it used to show as well. Um, yeah. Especially with like the movies, they didn't use yeah. to cut much stuff out as well. That was the thing I used no. to love about Channel Four. You used to know when you were watching a horror film, it was going to be like decent. I know yeah. it will have probably, like, say, with the internet and everything, got more aspect. But as children of the 80s and 90s, we didn't have much. We had four channels till Channel 5 came out before, because I'll be honest, I wasn't rich enough to have Sky as a kid. No, me so, neither. And Channel 5 used- didn't give us horror. All that gave us was the Red Shoe Diaries, which was slightly oh. better than Eurotrack. <laughs> 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 Best thing to ever do. Oh, I actually remember that. Uh, That same Channel 4 series um, was, I think it was the first time uh, The Devils had been aired on British TV. Mm. The Oliver Reed movie about the. the guy that goes into the convent and they're all apparently possessed by the devil and it, it's basically just nuns running around naked and yeah. fingering each other for yeah. an hour and a half awesome. um but you know it's they, they were willing to push the boundaries of what they would show and mm. you know the, the, as paul said that they, they were ballsy they were willing to deal with the backlash of you know mary whitehouse and points of view going oh think of the children <laughs> I think they we are make, we yeah. are thinking of the children, and this is what we're giving them. I think Channel Four oh, still to this day pushes the envelope, Mike. Not just like what with, like their, yeah. their their programming. Some of it can be really shit, and like no, the were Hollyoaks no. now. To be fair, but anyway. oh god, no. <laughs> but I I still remember the promotional um the promotional things when Channel Five actually came out, and it was all mm. spice still. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I thought it was mm-hmm. fucking fantastic. Even though I absolutely hated them, I just loved the bright colours. <laughs> So I remember, um, just trying to think as well, because it's interesting, you're seeing The Devils come out, because I remember watching that as a kid, um, when, when it was on Channel 4, my dad walked in the room, and I went bright scarlet red, and he was good, 
what are you doing? I was good. I'm watching a horror film. He went, this is not a horror film. <laughs> he just made us turn it off. I think I was only about 11 or 12 uh, at the time. So it was very, uh, very, very, very straight. Risky. 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 But Can I, uh, um, go on. Sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. I was just going to be, um, you, a film's just come into my head that I wanted to talk about because it's not something that I would normally watch. And I watched it a couple of years ago and it's the first time I've ever felt quite intense. Like, mm-hmm. with the um, Dario Argento's Demons. Classic. Love our Holy shit, man, that totally <laughs> changed my perspective on horror so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a fear. It was a an almost a thrill. Mm-hmm. And that soundtrack, that yeah. fucking soundtrack was Saxon playing mm-hmm. and I was like, holy shit. But that had such a, like... I've never took such a deep breath at an end of a film and not being able to breathe because I didn't know what was happening because it, it wasn't ending. The credits were coming up and the whole action wasn't ending. I didn't know if she was okay. Mm-hmm. I've never felt anything like that before. It was an amazing experience. I had um, similar to uh, Scanners, if anyone remembers that. Yeah, I watched that like three days ago. (laughs) (laughs) I sat the daughter down and was just like, You watch this. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say it was mind blowing, but you know, I love that. That was such a good quote of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to come to that as well. Um, just just before I do that, because I was going to touch on after Channel 4 showing the devils, um, not a horror film, but they were. The first, I think, that broadcast, I know it was edited down quite a lot with Caligula. I can't say it. Yeah, with um, all the orgies and stuff, with the actual real porn stars in that took advantage of a lot of people in there. And Helen Mirren. And Helen Mirren with the amazing... (laughs) Is that where it comes from on the royal family? They always mention about Helen Mirren and having a a baps Mm -hmm. out. Is that where it comes from? Yeah, Yeah, she always used to have a baps out in every country for for the time. Like National uh, Treasure Helen Mirren and doing things you should never say I do. I still fancy Helen Mirren now. She's fucking gorgeous. But yeah, what I was going to ask as well, because that's again jumping from point to point. Sorry, um, that's a good point, Sam. What film have you watched recently that's actually scared you or made you feel uncomfortable? Invisible Man. Invisible Man. I really need to watch it that. It was so tense. Oh, in a quiet place. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Don't see a quiet <laughs> place in the pictures. It was deadly silent. You were so scared you couldn't eat your popcorn or nachos. Like it was just something else. It was me. done so well because <laughs> I know a lot of horror films and stuff now. They're scared to do the uh, 18 certificate because they see it as they're not going to make the money back or it's not going to think. But the quiet place was, I think, it was a 15. But yeah. again, that was intense. I, I know what you're saying, and even the quiet place too. I don't see it as a. I don't see it as a sequel. It's just to follow on because the story yeah. is so yeah. well done. We did it as a double feature. We watched the first one, then straight into the second one. Yeah, so it should be done. Um, mm-hmm. Same with we, Halloween and Halloween yeah. Kills. Well, we went to see a quiet place, and literally, as you were saying, it was deadly silent. And that scene with the water, uh, the waterfall in the house, like where the pipes burst. Mm-hmm. When it comes out with that, and literally no one was saying anything, she's laughing because she knows what's coming. All she heard from me in the entire cinema, because it was deadly quiet, all you heard from me was, Fuck you, no! <laughs> scared the shit out of me. 
I've done that before in the conjuring, you know, when um the clap, no, not the clap, mm. the when the old the, guy comes the back from behind. No, it's the guy comes, it was the conjuring too. And when the guy mm. comes from behind the telly and mm. goes, get out of my house, why I levitated. <laughs> I smashed Carolyn in the arm and I went, holy shit, in mm. front of a packed cinema. It was a Friday night. Yeah. And I was it's... mortified. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, going along the conjuring route, the, the one that not scared us but gave us a, a, quite a few jump scares was um, Insidious. Uh, not not the five that came afterwards, but the first one genu- <laughs> uh, <laughs> genuinely uh, was quite unnerving. And like I know people take the piss out of Darth Maul being the bad guy in it, but I thought it was quite an interesting like demon or like say that aspect of it. And I'll never hear like tiptoeing through the tulips uh, again since that, that film. Yeah. I heard that song, and I can't believe who's. I, when I found out who sang it, I went, "Are you kidding me? It's Tiny <laughs> Tim. Are yeah. you kidding us? Um, absolutely terrifying. Can we just go back to Quiet Place again, just mm-hmm. back up mm-hmm. again? Um, what did you did, did What did you think of the aspect of it not having like music in it? Because I, I love, that. love movies mm-hmm. that don't have music in it because mm-hmm. that's when. You you've got to go along for the ride, if that makes yeah. sense. Like you're, you're not you're not dictated of how you feel mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the music's telling you how you feel. Yeah, I think yeah. sound and music can play such a big part in like say the, the experience and the lack of it as well. I know I don't know. I said not give any spoilers. There's a TV show on um, Disney Plus now, um, Murder <gasps> in the Apartments with Steve I Martin. Finished and, last, uh, I finished Morgan, it last Trump. night. There's I'm an episode in back. where there's only three words and these are like it's a 50 minute episode isn't it or 40 minutes no no it's like a, it's that's the episode no. we're up to oh, it's right. amazing we we yeah. finished it last night and it's absolutely unreal because it's all through um the the, the yeah. deaf person um mm-hmm. but i am half deaf in one ear mm-hmm. so it's pretty much if i put my hand over my right ear that's exactly what i can hear um <laughs> it's crazy yeah but that episode is so well done like it tells the story and without like sound and it's just like say i love films or like how like certain movies or tv shows that do use that aspect and then it's like say on the flip side there's there's films that do it with the music that you wouldn't be the same without like films like uh jaws friday the 13th no, no. Uh, well, is one of them. yeah yeah Halloween does it very well with the, yeah. uh, the soundtrack. Uh, just mm-hmm. quickly, you mentioned that uh, that episode where there's only three words. It's not we're off on a tangent from horror here, but the guys obviously do things very dark. Um, Inside Number Nine, there's an episode yeah. of Inside Number Nine that's very much like that, um, mm-hmm. where I think that there's only dialogue in the last maybe four or five minutes mm-hmm. of the episode. And other than that, the entire um, episode yeah. is completely void of dialogue. And that episode is what made it, it didn't really make me feel in love with Inside uh, fall in love with Inside Number Nine because I loved uh, League of Gentlemen. You know yeah, what I mean? The minute I knew who had written it, I was like, ah, I'm watching this. But yeah. that episode was unreal. It's because of how unnerving it is, isn't it? You, you're anticipating something. Even just somebody talking, you're anticipating that. And it's like, it's not happening. And that's like a build-up. 1917 did it as well. There's very little music in that, and it's it's not a horror film, but it's it's really tense as well mm-hmm. because of obviously it's it's subject matter mm-hmm. and how it was filmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all country for no men is uh, like I've never. Uh, it was unreal. Like, I absolutely. I've found my husband to watch it with us because I haven't seen it for years, and he's never seen it. And I'm like, honestly, and it's an experience mm-hmm. just just to be it's so good. 
I love it. But in, going back, um, Insidious has an mm. amazing high-pitched screech when you are mm. ready to be scared. And fuck me, does it get you? <laughs> yeah, I think what about you, Grant? Um, which films have scared? I would be interested in what is because I know, as you said, we've all been quite desensitised and uh, to a lot of things. But is anything really? Well, might I mean, not it's far... made you feel uncomfortable. As far as modern horror is concerned, like I started to fall out with horror quite mm-hmm. some time ago. I didn't like the Scooby Doo horror era of Scream. Uh, don't get me wrong, Scream's a good movie. Um, I know what you did last summer is a good movie. Yeah. So is Urban Legend. But the whole oh, who could the killer be? Oh, it's it's the flatmate that you didn't realize that you did. You know, whatever it might have yeah. been. Um, and then the jump scare era, suspense and jump scares are obviously an integral part of horror, but it got overdone a little bit. Mm-hmm. The last film that had a scene that made us kind of a little bit uncomfortable, not strictly a horror, was a movie called, I think it's called Mum and Dad. Right. It's Nicolas um, Cage. Nicolas Cage and Lance Henriksen are the two big bills in it. Oh. And it's based on the premise that something happens that makes parents want to kill their children um and there's there's a lot of kind of slapstick elements there's an amazing fight sequence between nicholas cage and lance henriksen where literally nicholas cage opens the door and his dad's there and they immediately start braying the crap out of each other but there's a really really unnerving scene in that where there's a woman given birth and because of what has happened in the world She's in labor, she gives birth, and the moment she gives birth, she has the urge to kill her newborn, and it oh. is really, really well filmed. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of this kind of B-movie, almost kind of slapstick thing that's going on with a lot of the violence and the, the mm-hmm. dialogue and everything, that scene and the way that a, a face turns, and you, yeah. you know you can kind of see the urge overtaking her. I can't remember if she reaches for a syringe or a scalpel or something like that, but... It, I was just sitting there going, "Oh, that's good. That's that's really good." Because and having the balls to do know, that as well, because yeah. you know you're going to get some backlash. It doesn't matter yeah. uh, how well or how how good it's filmed. There's going to be p- people that's going, "Oh, I don't like that type of thing." Um, well, so, look at the new so Halloween I, movie. Was oh, it, people kicking off about? I haven't seen it yet, but apparently there's keep, people it. kicking off about somebody uh, killing a fireman. And it's like, oh, oh my god, we shouldn't be killing firemen, the heroes. It's like he, he's a villain in a horror film. The point is that he kills good people, get a grip. He kills doctors. Yeah, no one complained mm-hmm. when he killed police, doctors, whatever. It's only firemen. It's, exactly. Like Jamie Lee Curtis in the first film was like an A-star student or something like that. They were mm-hmm. all like really no a fireman's off limits. The fuck? Yeah. No, no. Don't, don't you touch the fireman, but kids are okay. Kids are fine. Children are fine. You touch that fireman. You're in for it. I know, I know we're going to have to be careful with the new Halloween, because I know, like, as Grant said, he hasn't seen it. Sam hasn't seen it yet. Not to give any spoilers. No spoilers. No. I, I did enjoy the film. It is... A, it is, it is. I wouldn't say it's a, it's a hard one, because it's not a sequel. It's a continuation. It's, it's a, a little bit like... Yeah. And you don't get any resolution, if that's all I'm well, going to say, because... Yeah. We we watched we went to say Halloween Kills at the pictures, but then we watched Halloween 2018 and then we watched Halloween Kills back to back. And when you watch them back to back, it's so much better because you notice little tiny little details in the first mm-hmm. one, you carry on into the second one, and you kind of appreciate how much work's gone into the continuity even more. Yeah. 
things in the background that you hear but you don't notice you've heard until you see the second oh. one Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to do that because my husband wants to watch the 2018 one. He hasn't seen it. So I said, well, because I've had kind of fallen out of love with horror a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, I watch too much of it. <laughs> I've, I've over, I really have. And it's not just like over the last few months leading up to Halloween. It's been the last few years. I mm-hmm. really have overdone it and noticed that my mental health was taking a little bit of a dip in. So I've kind of stepped away a little bit and gone back into the comic world where it's all shiny and bright and somebody comes and saves the day without having a head chopped off. So Until, <laughs> until this year when Doctor Strange is going in the horror movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can't just, wait for that. I just need a little, I just needed a little, a little break. So I, yeah. when I, when I get round to it, I will watch, we're going to do back to back. Um, Cause I do like the idea of when we did it with Quiet Place, it was amazing. Like it was so good. It just felt like one long film. And I wasn't mm. missing anything and I wasn't missing any like detail that because we watched it when it first came out. So there was bits in it that I couldn't I couldn't remember at all. Um mm. so watching it back to back is that's what I'm gonna do for Halloween too. So we should do that. But that story, um like I say, it's a good point you're saying there about um with continuations now. Like I say, I think that'll to me that's a better way of going forward because I know with the horror genre in, in like specific over any other, any others, they do beat the horse, like say, to death when it comes to sequels. They get an idea, yeah. and like if the idea is good, like we'll get about fifteen different films. Yeah, I, th- I think 90s. when yeah, I think when we do, like um, done the actual Halloween uh, legacy podcast where we talked about all the Halloweens. After the next one that's coming out, the Halloween ends. There's going to be thirteen Halloween films. I know there's yeah. only twelve involving Michael Myers, but you, you don't have to realize. And like I say, all the different Friday the 13th, um, like I say, we're getting a new Scream film after all this time. I, it's I like... actually think Scream looks really good. Yeah. I'm quite looking forward I to that I only saw one. the trailer for that about an hour before we started the podcast, and I <laughs> quite like the look of it as well. Yeah, It looks uh, good. He was, he was asked a few times at the convention if he was in it, so I'm not the only one who thought that Stu yeah. is the killer yeah. in this one. Um, but he just, he just kept saying, no, no, I'm not. I do. Uh, let it be Nev Campbell. <laughs> I hope so. I hope they do something a bit uh, out of the box with. But from what I'm like, the feel I'm getting from it, um, like I said, talking about the horror films, uh, from the um, the trailer and what they've said uh, is basically. Oh, sorry, the yeah, headsets fell out. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't hear yeah. us. I'm you getting the silver, silver shamrock in me again. Sorry. Timing. Um, <laughs> you you could have said uh, what you wanted there. <laughs> it's with the, um, like to the airport. If you click it on a certain way, it starts playing your iTunes. But uh, and you've got yes. silver shamrock on your iTunes. But, uh, I, I converted for the last podcast. So I don't All right. Uh, <laughs> so I used the track for the Halloween one. But yeah, sorry. Um, I think it's going to be a sequel, but it's going to be a reboot in itself. Because... You know, like, um, I hate to say, it, uh, Jane, well, Kevin Smith done Jane Silent Bob, the reboot, like, basically, it was a yeah. sequel, but basically remade Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. I think Scream, because especially with the title, it's not using, like, Scream 5 or, like, say, any dozen it's, it's literally called Scream. Yeah. I think the deaths are going to be in the same, um, especially if they're saying there's relatives involved, it's going to be relatives of the original people that died in the first film. Yeah. Killed in the same similar ways. Yeah. 
So I think it's going to be, a, a, as I said, Scream always breaks the rules or follows a, the paths of a sequel. I think this one's going to be a reboot. Yeah. I'm interested to see if they mention the TV series and whether that's been, going to be brought into it, because I think the TV series was good. I enjoyed that. The first okay. season was decent, but afterwards... Yeah. I, but I don't know, because they went quite far away. They didn't even uh, mention, like, say, the Hillsborough... Uh, not the Hillsborough, that's yeah. a completely different, uh, different scenario there. Very, very different uh, scenario. <laughs> 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 Oops. Uh, they didn't Woodsboro. mention, like, Woodsboro Massacre um, in... In the TV show or anything like that? I think they mentioned it in the first season and then that was it. Oh, so I'm wondering whether they just mention it in the new one. Mm. Mm. I do like a copycat or yeah. something. Yeah. I love the, the yeah. mask in the Scream TV series. I thought it was, it was brilliant. I think regardless of... <laughs> I think I've got a little bit of delay here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, go, go for it, sir. I think the... Regardless of whether it's a remake or a reboot or a sequel or whatever, I like to see them do it. I think there's a lot of gatekeeping with mm-hmm. regards to horror, and more so horror than anything else. I think we saw it with um, in recent years with uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot mm-hmm. and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. No, it's only a Robert Englund. It's only Robert Englund. They shouldn't do it. They shouldn't touch it. This, that, and the other. Like, can you honestly imagine somebody getting so upset about Gary Oldman playing Dracula and them going, no, it's got to be Christopher Lee. It's, you know, what was Get Bella Lugosi back. You know, the, most of the horror movies that came out in the 50s and the 60s and even before that, they are, they're still reboots because the reboots mm. of books. You're taking an iconic villain and you're putting your own spin on it. You know what I mean? Nobody lost their mind when Robert De Niro played Frankenstein's monster because it wasn't Boris Karloff. You know what I mean? It's just because the medium has changed. I think that a lot of people kind of need to step back a little bit from trying to gatekeep certain classic Mm -hmm. movies and be aware of the fact that it might get done better. You know, personally, with the exception of casting Keanu Reeves, don't get me wrong, love Keanu Reeves, but he's dreadful in Bram Stoker's Dracula. (laughs) Him and, I I can't believe I'm saying this, Winona Ryder, neither of them had any business being in that film whatsoever. They could have cast infinitely better actors into those roles. But outside of that, it's an incredible film. Mm -hmm. Nobody got head up about that it's a it's a retelling it's a it's an old concept with old characters where somebody's looked at it and gone let's go and do it this way and see what happens and we need to open the doors to Mm -hmm. iconic horror villains that have been part of the movie generation getting rebooted i liked the night uh the uh, nightmare on elm street reboot Mm -hmm. i thought because when we were younger freddie had stopped being scary you know, yeah, Freddy yeah. was on lunchboxes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's, it's doing cartoons of Freddy and all that kind of stuff. So making him scary again, making him a proper villain that, that you actually want to hate Freddy. I really, really yeah. I, I like the fact that they tried that. And I thought Jackie O'Hale did a really, really good job of it. I, 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 I thought did, he was really well cast. You know, I detested the Friday the 13th reboot because Jason took a prisoner. I was actually enjoying that movie up until the point that he dragged the girl off to his lair and I was I, I went purist. I was, no, Jason takes no prisoner. But it's a good point you're saying, like, it's like, I think especially now or 
actually in the last 10 years, gatekeeping has been a big problem in Massive. a lot of fandoms. And mm-hmm. um, I know we, when we've had discussions, like it even flares up on the Nerdy Up North page when people say about this, but you cannot remake this page. And it's like, why? Because, yeah, I, might not, I might not like the idea. This is why, because it means work to it, but why not like, give it a chance? I'm never going to well, watch this film. That's bullshit. It'll come out. You will watch it. You might hear it, but you'll watch it. A fan base of sentimentality should not overrule an artistic freedom. Exactly. Yeah. We, t- we were talking about this before with the um, the Buzz Lightyear thing recently. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. People are going nuts about that because it's not Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, Tim Allen's not the only one who's played Buzz Lightyear. Patrick Warburton was Buzz Lightyear as well. I think people yeah. just... Because we've had so many remakes and reboots in the past sort of five, ten years. Mm-hmm. People have got an idea in their head of what they should yeah. be now. And if it's not yeah. that idea... They just don't like then, it. They're not interested. Uh, what I generally didn't know about this, this is what I was getting at with this pause. People are going their ends because it's not Tim Allen who's doing mm-hmm. the voice of Buzz Lightyear. But I sat up till God knows what time in the morning watching a Disney a Disney expose on all of their releases and fucking Buzz Lightyear came up and it was like, and Chris Evans is going to be voicing the inspiration behind Buzz Lightyear. And I'm like, am I the only one who stayed up and watched that shit because... I, I knew this back in December. <laughs> they, I don't get what you're getting angry at. That's why I put that post up. So thank you, Charlotte, for understanding what I meant. <laughs> but I am, because as I said before, it wasn't a big thing years ago. But I think the problem is now, as it was funny, I was doing a podcast and talking on a, on a web on a group. The internet has given people too much freedom and too much to make, yeah. like too much opinions. And they can make comments and hide behind a computer screen and not have to back up their comments as well. Um, everyone can, everyone, like I say, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone is the right to voice their opinion, but to do it in a way where makes no sense or just on the yeah. back that you think or oh, something's not a good idea. That's why I always say, I'll never say, oh, I'm not, I don't like something. I'll say, I'm not kind of this. I'm not. I don't like this. Yeah. This, but this is why I'll always have that discussion. I'll always try and get it. It's up to me to say why I'm. I don't think it's a good idea, but then mm-hmm. I'll still watch it and it can change my mind. Or you exactly. have a discussion with Sam, with Grant, Charlotte, Kev. Have a discussion like we've done this on this podcast as well, where Sam said I didn't really like this film. I went, well, look at it at this point of view. She went, oh, I'll look at it again and it might say it differently. I think it was this with the Dark Knight. Um, I had yeah, a discussion yeah, about because um, you didn't see when you because. You don't say things the same way as other people. No, but... you don't. Your interpretation is is your interpretation. The Star Wars community is rife oh, with fuck. it. Oh, fuck. It's so <laughs> rife with it. Like, the horror community is is nothing compared to them. The mm-hmm. gay Although, that goes on in that. The, the, recent, the most recent one was the Hellraiser announcement. Yeah. People went nuts about it. Absolutely yeah. nuts about it. Well, that was the that was the post that we mm-hmm. had to make the Nerdy Up North group private because yeah. I shared a post on there and it got shared, I think it was oh 7,000 times. And we start mm-hmm. getting loads of Americans just joining the group to cause us shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was <laughs> that, that was a fun time being a mod there. Time. You missed that oh. one, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Bad enough now. <laughs> I remember picking that one up about a day later and being like, oh, what did I miss here? <laughs> I can have so much fun. <laughs> we had, I think it was, no word of a lie, I think it was averaging about 25 new member yeah. requests every five minutes. 
the influx was so much and we couldn't understand where it was coming from and then realize where the Paul's post had been shared to. It just, because it I remember when he says, look how many times it's been shared and it was thousands. And then all of a sudden the influx started to come in. I didn't realize that's why we went private. When yes. we that <laughs> just, it just goes to show you how easily people are triggered. I mean, there was so much misogyny and transphobia oh, about that. Yes. And it was 100%. absolutely disgusting. It's like, come on, we're all people. Yeah. Black, white, Asian, whatever, skin work, yeah. we're all the same. Punch her in yeah. the face. Well, I'll bleed the same colour. Where's a bit of empathy? Mm-hmm. No, just exactly. get on. More than anything, sort of like Kev said no, no, right no. at the beginning, it, the only Xenobite, or was it the, I cannot remember what, the, the, the Order of the Gash, they're called mm-hmm. in the Hellbound Heart. <laughs> Gash. <laughs> um, you know, the only one that gets a description where they are evidently any kind of gender is the female Xenobite, the one with a, oop, I've lost my headset as well. Um, with her throat ripped out, you know, that she in the book is evidently female and all the rest of them are kind of asexual. So, you know, fair enough, a couple of the purists might get a little bit upset about the fact that it's not Doug Bradley, Mm -hmm. but to get upset about the fact that a female is playing a character that inherently has no gender to begin with is ridiculous beyond belief. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. It's it's like, get out your parents' basement, you know, get on <laughs> exactly. Tinder and, you know, bash <laughs> genitals with somebody, for God's sakes. We even, have, we even have a Hellraiser cosplayer on our group, um, and she is absolutely amazing. I is would love... Peachy by any chance. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, I absolutely love her cosplay. Um but what was oh, I was gonna say? I was gonna Grant like had like had us going, and I was like, I've just remembered about PC, <laughs> and I was like, I'm ready to go in with this. <laughs> I'm totally forgetting what I was gonna say. I'm so tired. I've been at work today. I don't normally work on a Friday, so I'm like normally raring to go when we do the podcast. I'm so tired today. <laughs> if I can just say them, because we're talking about it a little bit there before. I think with certain elements of horror and what have you, we touched on it with Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little bit and the fact that it had an effect on people looking away. And it's mm-hmm. what it does at the time that you see it first. You know, Blair Witch gets a hell of a lot of hate from oh, an, yeah. a newer generation of horror yeah. fan. But that newer generation of horror fan weren't there when Blair Witch got released. Yeah. We were talking pre-internet days and, you know, they were putting these kids' faces on milk cartons yeah. and yeah. spoof documentaries on the Discovery yes. Channel and that kind of stuff. The marketing that went behind the Blair Witch made the Blair Witch what it was yeah. because 99.9% of the people that went to see that movie were convinced that it was just mm. real. real footage. Yeah. You know, what was yeah. scary about the Blair Witch was the fact mm-hmm. that everybody thought these kids had legitimately legitimately gone missing yeah. so the suspense was building from the moment the the opening credits started wondering what was going to happen and what was going to happen and what was going to happen because we'd had what was it two three years of build-up to it oh, was it? Um, I, think it was, I think it was over a year um because the, the film like i found out the other day that they filmed the blair witch in eight days that's how, how long it took them to make the film like film wise then afterwards, all the money got pumped into the marketing uh, like thing. I think they added a few things afterwards, but um, the again, website and helpline that set up and everything. Yeah. Like, and if you rang the helpline as well, there was someone there that was taking your details. I had or, taken and... details. It was crazy. But if you want to go and see and make sure that they are okay, they are the three guests uh, for the love of Holland. Yeah. 
<laughs> go and check on them and make sure they're all right. <laughs> but, um, it's a the cannibal holocaust thing where they had to drag oh. the cast into a courtroom. Oh, 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 Jesus, I, remember that. Yes. I have no. never been able to watch that. I got up to the turtle scene and just went, nah, nah, that's not for me. Yeah, this is not for I find me. that unnerving. Yeah, no, this is not for me. So I turned it off straight away and put um, Sleepy Hollow on. Just to chill my brain. <laughs> but the thing is with uh, Blair Witch as well, it's the little things in that film that makes it so good because everyone expects them to be big, big scares. It's like things like leaving the twigs in a certain way mm-hmm. or the little people that I was in and the little noises. Yeah. And the thing that scared me the most as well when I first saw the film is when they finally get into that little house and you walk up the stairs and you see all the little handprints on the wall and stuff where, where the Blair Witch just said they took the children to take and then you we, see him standing in the corner and you don't know if it's the actual witch or uh-huh. if it's the person that's standing there. We talked oh. about this on the on one of the first ever podcasts we did because mm. I never picked up on that. I've seen that film a hundred times and did not pick up on the fact that they were ha- there were kids' handprints going off the thingy. Mm. I generally didn't know that. I think if Blair Witch hadn't been so successful, you wouldn't have like paranormal activity oh, no. and stuff no. like that now. Mm-hmm. Found footage wouldn't exist. Uh-huh. Found footage is one of my favourite genre of films. I absolutely love it. The VHS series is just mm-hmm. top notch for me. Like I really adore that kind. Of, I mean, I've watched one as well about a couple who were um, hiking in the. It was like a Sasquatch kind of scenario mm-hmm. thing, and they were hiking in the forest, and it was so good, so intense because obviously it's found footage, and again, no music, just the sounds of the forest yeah. and the. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. I can't remember what it was called though. That's how good it was. I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> well, I'm interested, like, say, where you're saying the point with modern horror films now, because if you think about so the last last 15 years or so, like most of the horror films that horror films that's been thrown down the neck, like, say, we've had the the torture porn, uh, like, series like yes. Store, Hostel, um, like, say, going to like some extremes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've Not also, like, say, got the James Wan universe that's been built of, from, like, the, yeah. the Conjuring, like, say, um, Insidious, again, which has spawned so many sequels, which, again, I don't want to say it lessens the effect, but it, it takes it the idea, horror- and it, it's like beating it over the head with, the, with a dead stick as well. That's what happens to horror, though. It happened in the 80s, it happened in the 90s, it happened in the early 2000s. They get an idea... The run with it and the run it to the ground of the 90s is a pure mm-hmm. example of that when you had Scream as a starting point and all the fucking shit that they brought out at the end. Because the Cherry just, Falls and stuff. But they, but they do that, <laughs> that's what they Jerry do. Falls They've done it in horror. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it for so long though. They get such a mm-hmm. good idea and it's then they just run too wild with it. It's because people are hard out of shock now. And yeah. that's yeah. essentially what horror is. It's to shock mm-hmm. people. Well, to be with fair, people. like say with all the stuff you can find on the internet, like say you can go and find snuff films or um, like yeah. say beheading films, like Whoop. people will go out and find the worst in, in humanity at times and you do get desensitised at times. But to me, I think might be showing me age. I still like the suspenseful ones. I still like being not shown. Like yeah. um, Jaws is the prime example. You don't see the shark for nearly an hour and a half of the film. Mm-hmm. And you're terrified of it them. all the way through. Um, Halloween, uh, I know uh, from conversations like say we've had on the page, like me, Kev's uh, a huge fan of the original Halloween as me. But again, it's the aspect that he, he doesn't really like when you think about the original Halloween film, he doesn't kill that many people. It's the fact that he's always lurking mm-hmm. there. Lurk, you, yeah. Did you see him? Did you not see him? It's it makes you well, it's like the original Friday the 13th. 
the, the first film, Jason wasn't even in it until the, end. Until the very end. Mm -hmm. It was his mother that was going around killing everyone. Yeah, oh, and it's and now the franchise is known as a Jason franchise uh -huh. when, when it wasn't Aspect. But it was started by his mother. And isn't Predator <laughs> and Jason like was that, only shoehorned in at the end as well. It was a change mm -hmm. to yeah. the ending. Yeah. It was supposed yeah, to just be her, right. you know, the final girl mm -hmm. thing of her kind of floating away at the end and they'd gone... Yeah. No, we need something yeah. else. We need yeah, something we need else. Things, yeah. Let's do this. And t Tom, uh, uh, it was on um, what's that Netflix series? Uh, oh, movies that made, made us. Yeah, I knew a lot about Friday the Thirteenth anyway because it is my favorite franchise. But hearing Tom Savini talking about how he yeah. basically just got dragged back to build this child, <laughs> <laughs> throw it at a girl in a box. <laughs> You're talking about desensitization there before, and I think with horror, we've got a very, very dangerous precedence at the moment in relation to what is left that will shock people because mm -hmm. based on what I've watched over the course of the last few years the only two things that are really left that will make people truly cringe outside of phobias mm -hmm. is sexual violence in children yeah mm -hmm. yeah not sexual yeah. violence towards children but obviously you've got Serbian children not, that, that, that also takes bo yeah. boxes yeah. um you know, not like it's not that it hasn't always been there, but you know, Christ, there's bits of Last House on the Left that was made in what 1977, 1978 mm -hmm. that are still banned in this country yeah. now because they're too graphic. But um, a lot of horror, yeah. it's yeah, you know, again, d depending on how it's shot, it can be done well is not maybe the right way of putting it but take like rob zombie with devil's rejects you know what i mean you don't mm. see a lot but that motel room <clears throat> scene is very very unnerving yeah um but from the final there destination it's movies getting more and more graphic mm -hmm. i mean the, the final destination movies they got a bit more ridiculous as they went on but the first one you still don't see that much yeah no, but then um, you get the opposite yeah. where they show you too much. Like, prime example, yeah, I was awful. really enjoying the horror film. Um, House, was it? Uh, Hills of Eyes, the remake. Yeah. I was really yeah. enjoying it until that scene where scene. Um, yeah. it spoiled the film for us. It, yeah. mm -hmm. it was unnecessary and it was really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know you're trying to go push boundaries and scare, but that film would have been scary if it was just implied. I yeah. didn't need that aspect. And that's the no. thing where I think where they go too far when they push things. Yeah. Now, as much as I like some of his filmmaking, Lars von Tier mm -hmm. and a lot of the stuff that he's been banging out, you know, you wouldn't, maybe not in the traditional sense, regard it as a horror film, but it is mm -hmm. definitely horrific, the Nymphomaniac series. Oh, yeah. You know, there is nothing comfortable about watching no. either of those movies. They are awful. They are, are they're an ordeal to watch. Yeah. And you're just kind of sitting there thinking, is this ever going to end? You know, is, 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 is it going to lighten up even? Oh, no, she's getting DP'd now. Okay, are great. Sure? Are you sure you, you know? know? Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a DP scene on Twilight. Uh, I would have stuck around for that. <laughs> <laughs> would you have a vampire in the middle or a werewolf in the middle? It's <laughs> a tricky one to really, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. Prime example of that, though, is the Human Centipede series. Yeah, Can't watch shock. them. Won't watch them. Uh, it's just, just shock and awfulness for the yeah. sake of it. There's nothing entertaining about it. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. to say how far you can push people. <laughs> We're grand spears. <laughs> The one thing I will say about Human Centipede, like the third one is garbage, start to finish. Don't even... 
I don't even acknowledge it, its existence. The first one, what you were saying before, you don't see that much. It's a really, really simple concept with a really, really simple special effect. And I think what can add to Human Centipede in the first movie is we watch it without subtitles. Mm-hmm. Because part of what makes the Human Centipede so disturbing is the fact that you've got three different languages going on. You've got, oh. correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a while. You've got the guy in the front, the Japanese, I believe. Um, you've got the doctor who's German, who's speaking in German a lot of time. Yeah. And then the two girls are both English. Like if you, if you okay. immerse yourself in that movie a little bit and you take away your ability to understand what is going on, it brings a whole new dimension and you can kind of, <laughs> worst euphemism ever, put yourself in the position of the girl <laughs> that is stuck in the middle where not oh, only is she having to swallow a ton of shit, <laughs> but she doesn't know what's going on around her because she can't mm-hmm. understand the guy that mm-hmm. she's stitched to. She can't understand the doctor that's angrily ranting to her in German. Um, I, do, I love the concept of the first one because of all of those different factors. The second one, admittedly, it, it's just shock and go. If it, from yeah. absolute start, it's just let's see how gross we can make it. Yeah. Does it well? You know, um, you definitely don't want to watch it. It's mm-hmm. fucking horrible. But the first one, I've got some respect for the first one because it's a horrific concept that is done mm. with minimal actual yeah. visual elements. Your yeah. description but... of that has actually made me think I would, I feel a bit hot, what you've just went through. Um, you feel hot? But... <laughs> it, it wasn't my intention to turn you on, Sam. <laughs> I feel a bit sick. <laughs> and I get really hot when I get sick. Um, but... The way that you've just described it there, that uh, this is why I love doing this for because people you, you get as like ex- no, I don't want to say excited about human <laughs> no, this is getting worse. <laughs> it is, I'm doing this like no favors. I'm not one to king shame Sammy, but this is a bit <laughs> What I'm trying to say is is I love having conversations like this because I, I'm interested now. You've got us interested. Mm-hmm. The way that you've just described that scene there, yes, I do feel a bit like my stomach is churning ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. But I love psychology in films and I didn't realise yeah. how much I loved it until I watched Squid Games. Mm-hmm. And the psychology in that programme is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And if I just love breaking down films to where you can, like just as Grant has just done there, mm-hmm. I love that I actually... When I've got the balls to go back to watching horror films, I think I might put it. I've got it put it on my list. But I think a lot of the films now um, is more shock and awe. There's, they don't yeah. try and make a good film, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. That would shock you. Yeah, I know similar situation to what Grant described. I thought the first Saw film, even though it's it terrific at times, was such a quick, clever concept and. There was aspects in that generally did shock me, and generally I normally yeah. I, I can figure things out as I'm going through. And that ending, I did not see it coming. I say, mm-hmm. and yeah. in that room, and that totally blew me away. Then they went too far and pushed it, pushed it even yeah. further. And that's like the aspects. It, it's when they come up with the, as I said, where I was coming back to before, it, they come up with a good idea, and then they go right. We need to push the boundaries of that idea and keep. I know it's all it's like a money making scheme it's and like, yeah, like yeah, and it's oh, all we've lost uh, a Kev. We lost a Kev. I think he's out of mute for something. He's back. Oh, he's he's back. back. <laughs> I think I think if they had it left so it just the first one, it yeah. would be mm-hmm. so much more like iconic than it is yeah. now because they've just oversaturated me with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such the right they've, word. Put, they've put less and less thought into them as mm-hmm. they go along. 
yeah. and they're just gore now. They're just gory for the sake of it. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. there was actual thought and surprise in the first one. I felt mm-hmm. like that in the second one. I felt like there was, the second one for me, I generally liked the story and I did not see the twist at the end mm-hmm. at all. I was, did not see that. Twist. I thought that was a fantastic twist. I went the pictures to see it with uh, Paul's wife and just looking around the cinema going, did you did you see that coming? Because <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I would say the same about Saw up until the end of the third one. After the yeah. third, because there's almost yeah. like a, a complete arc that comes mm-hmm. round to the end of the third one and you kind of go, ah, okay, and you know, maybe they were they were planning all three and you know mm-hmm. they they kept it yeah. going and there's a good bit of continuity. I've I've I still love this. I really do like the Saw films because yeah. I like the visual aspect of it. It mm-hmm. throws me right back to the the eighties splatter fan of you know Jason mm-hmm. braying people off trees and yeah. you know some <laughs> something that's really, really elaborate and off the wall. But mm-hmm. it I it's after the third one, it's just like mm, and, and, yeah, who's going to be the, the killer this day? Oh, the, they killed one of uh, killed one of new kids on the block. Awesome, I did actually always <laughs> want to see that as a child. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank God it was Donny. Um... <laughs> one thing I wanted to touch on as well before we do wrap up as well, because I know we've been talking for quite a while. We let's have. Just... Let's not wrap up, man. Let's just keep going. <laughs> Trying to think, I was always going to say yes. Um, I know we've talked a lot about the horror in movies, but I think what aspect does get lost a little bit is horror on TV shows because, um, again, it's not done that often because, like I say, because viewers don't really go to, like I say, the high viewers for horrors on TV shows. But when it's done well, uh, there is good aspects. Like um, I know the the beat it with a dead horse at the end, and like say fifteen seasons was a little bit too much. Yeah. The start of Supernatural was done brilliantly with <laughs> the monster of the week. Um, that aspect was done brilliantly. I know Charlotte is a huge fan, uh, so I can't really say too <laughs> much too much bad about it. I am uh, watching is... the end of it, Charlotte. So don't spoil it. Don't, 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 it don't, just don't. Then it doesn't end. <laughs> oh, okay. but, um... I'll just do it season ten then. That's where like the more mod- and the more modern ones that that's keep going is like the American horror stories, which again always do seem to start off well, but they don't know how to finish them on the show. That's Ryan Murphy. Never got into American horror stories. Ryan Murphy knows how. Well, Ryan Murphy knows how to write a really good starting point. He does it with everything he does. How he finished Glee is beyond right. me, but he does, he does a really good starting point, and then he's like, oh, "I can't be bothered to write anymore." Ratchet and yeah. Um, oh yes, right. yeah. I actually mm-hmm. generally like that. It I was brilliant was up good. until the end because mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to finish things. He's, mm-hmm. he's terrible. Um, there is one me and Anthony watching at the moment, and um, we what we picked it up last year, and the second series is on this year. It's a program called <coughs> Evil, mm-hmm. and every time it comes on, we always do the bloody mighty boot. I'm not evil. Um, it's about a woman, a priest, and a skeptic who work for the church. Mm-hmm. Do investigations on possessions. My oh, friends just got into it, and he's been telling us to watch it. Actually, absolutely fantastic. The first series is binge worthy. Yeah, like you cannot stop once you're in it because you need mm. to know what's going to happen next. The second series, I've taken a break because I've taken a break. Um, <laughs> I just need I need a little mental mental break at the moment. Um, mm. but it is so good, and it's very much it has the feel of um. 
of a like I don't know like X Files and that kind of like because it does have a different case every week. There's an ongoing story running through the middle of it, mm-hmm. but still individual cases of different different mm-hmm. things going on. It was it's so good. I can't recommend it enough. It's called Evil. Cool. The other one I was going to mention as well because I know that the new season starts. I believe it's next month. I would class it as in the horror genre because, like I say, it, it, it's more it's like quite a, like a cop show at the same time. Dexter's coming back. Um, yeah. I, I would Yay. say that, like I say, it would be in the horror style, especially, um, I know, like I say, one of my favourite seasons was the John Lithgow, oh. the Trinity Killer. I, that generally oh. terrified the life out of me. I've never that been is... so scared at a TV show yeah. in a long time. Every the last piece. episode of that season. Oh my god! It's oh, that, um, the last episode where you think it's done and, and, and it's, it's been out that long. Can we can we do? Oh, no okay. spoilers oh, we're definitely going to spoil this. Do you want to? Do you want? You don't want it ruined. I don't want <laughs> to ruin it. Oh, has no, anybody because... not seen it? That's on here. I've seen it. Kev, <laughs> Kev has. Everybody's seen it. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert for anybody that's listening. Then mute it now. That bit where. Where he walks up in there and she's lying in the bath, it, it yeah, broke yeah. my heart. Yeah. Like I'm not just a so... not just a case of it being like a little bit emotional. Like it, I, it, literally, I was sitting there with my <laughs> fucking bottom lip quivering, going, "No, he can't! No!" The minute you see the minute you see Harrison sitting in the blood, you're like, "Yeah." yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. And all of that foreshadowing with Dexter Everything sitting in the puddle of blood as well. Um, when we, when I watch a TV series now, uh, my standard is how I felt during season, not just at the end, the whole way through season four. It everything ha- it has to live up to mm-hmm. that, or it wasn't a good series because Did you, that is some of the best writing and acting that has ever come on television. And John Lithgow, did anyone think he would have that in him as well? Because he yes. was generally absolutely yes. frightening. He's Lord Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. He's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but we went from, like, say, Harry and the Hendersons, where you love him in, in like, say, in that type of, like, 80s films and stuff like that. Rock and, like, the Santa, the sun. Yeah. Yeah, and the Santa Claus movie and stuff like that. To, Wasn't he a bastard in that? No. He was a bastard, but he wasn't <laughs> scary. You weren't ever scary. You wanted to give him a slap. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I was generally terrified of uh, of that one. Like I said, that was the first show that actually did scare me in a, in a long time. The following. The following. The following is a good one. Brilliant. Well, the oh. first season, then after that, I, I didn't know how to keep going. It should have been like a one and done season it for that one. But that, um, the ending that, was good, though. The scene like, was, Sean, was it Sean Austin? Yeah. No, mm. no, 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 no. Um, um Ashmore. Ashmore. That was uh, that that scene with him. I'll not give any spoilers for people that haven't seen it, but there's a scene with him. It's just it's heartbreaking. It's it's funny talking about a, a, a TV show about a cult when when I keep getting accused of starting a cult as well. So hey, uh, if you ask anyone who if you ask anyone who knows me and oh any any basically my whole family they'll be they'll tell you I'll be easy enough to join a cult. I am so Bring the cyanide. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm so fucking gullible. Like, I will take anything in. I just go to America properly and spend time there because I know fine well I'll join Scientology. They just have to, they honestly just have to give me something and I will jump on board. I am that easily swayed. I'll bring the cyanide. It's all good. <laughs> a, raspberry, a raspberry drink. We're all good. Drink, 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 if, we, if we can take Tom Cruise and Will Smith out, I'm game. I'll come with you. <laughs> 
it's I think you're it's, on it's, just you just got to make sure that I don't generally sign up and we're just doing it as a as a ruse then yeah I'll do it. <laughs> well, I'm good enough I think we could do that eh? Another TV show I wanted to call out as well because I'm just on the third season and it's just getting better and better. It's on Shudder, Creep Show. I know from uh, like I say the old days, but the new TV show is absolutely brilliant. Um, I just got rid of Shudder when I uh, stopped everything, so I've just I've literally just get. I'll be able to find it though. It's it's on the it's on the dodgy dodgy Android stick as well, Um, (laughs) but. uh, It is, like I say, one of the better TV shows. And like I say, it started off uh, very, um, it felt like a more like horror version of Inside Number Nine, <coughs> like I say, with the callback, what you see in there, uh, with the episodes. Um, but it's getting better. Like the, they've actually gotten money in, involved as well. Yeah. They've done like a, a Bob Ross episode that was inspired by the, uh, the Evil Dead. Um, so oh, it's like, he, so Bob, so this, so this guy who's basically, getting sacked for appearance and no one's watching your TV show, then all of a sudden the TV show is taken over by Deadites and he's an ex-Vietnam uh, vet and he's got like the Bob uh, Bob Ross hairdo when he's chopping uh, zombies and Deadites heads off with paintbrushes wow. and stuff. Um, brilliant. The, the film's fantastic. Absolutely. But I was just thinking to myself, John Lithgow's in the film, but he's not. He's in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, no, it was um, but, um, Ted Danson. Ted Danson was in the film. That's yeah. it, yes. He's and so is um <coughs> Leslie. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, but no, it's John Lithgow's and he does the Shatner scene, doesn't he? With a there's a thing on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> take My impressions to, are um, doing great. <laughs> take it back to films for a second if I can. Um mm-hmm. we're talking about an assault on the senses before. I defy anybody, literally the end of silence of the lambs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. My vision goggles. Show me a more tense assault on the senses. No, I totally and totally 100% agree with you. There's still signs of the lambs is such it's it's even now, it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it, the minute the lights go off and the green holding my breath. (laughs) (laughs) Huge influence on me. Like I say, the band that me, Jake, and uh, Paul and Adam are in uh, is it. Here comes the shameless plug. It's called (laughs) Aquilantia Sticks. It's named after the moth that Buffalo Bill. Yeah. puts to the back of them um like four of the songs that we've written so far we've got one about we've got more than that obviously but we did one about hannibal we did one about buffalo bill we did one about francis dollarhide um oh, you know wow, i need to hear this <laughs> no you, you don't i'll say this adam's guitar playing is absolutely phenomenal paul's um kind of stonk song structuring and what have you is absolutely phenomenal i sound like two dogs having sex um and not <laughs> Much right, else. Yeah, really, so we're going back to DEFCON one days, or <laughs> <laughs> to a certain degree, but no. Sorry, I've oh, cut the shameless plug out, Paul. For Jake, Jake that very, Jake oh, no. that very quiet no. mind. He's been on here twice and never mentioned he was in a band. Who? He Jake. said he was Jake. a drummer. Hasn't he, he? he said he was a drummer. Yeah, he said he was a drummer. He never said he was in a band. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. He said he was in a band no, of I think. No, he didn't. He said I was a drummer and I dr- and I do little Nintendo thingies. He never mentioned anything about this. Oh, I don't right, think so... he's ever mentioned it on the Facebook page. <gasps> Jake's. Um, I don't think he has. He's getting sacked now, is he? <laughs> <laughs> we have a good laugh with it and nothing more, you know what I mean? But the, the Thomas Harris was a huge influence on us from the absolute beginning because 
it, it's less to do with the horror and more to do with the the suspense that he creates. Yeah. He does yeah. just kind of get you so drawn in. And there's uh, even the Hannibal TV series. We're talking yeah. about horror on TV. The Hannibal TV series oh, yeah. is a work of art. It really, really is, and especially the way that they um they had to kind of twist the storyline, so to speak, mm. because I think mm-hmm. it was NBC in the States had the rights to Clarice Starling. Yeah, and so, um, yeah. so they couldn't use um, Silence of the Lambs. So they had to screw with not just the storyline and the timeline, but mm. the, the slightly romanticized elements that you get between yeah. Hannibal Lecter and Clarice and end up having to chuck that into the dynamic between him and Will Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about haters earlier on, and there were so many people that <laughs> hated yeah. on Hannibal. It's like, oh yeah, my god, you can't really good. ever suggest that Hannibal's is- bisexual and like. Why? Why, why would you not? not? Why yeah. would you I not? He was, he was so sophisticated. It is. It's in the books. He was so sophisticated. He never mentioned anything. He was just. He is just a person. A yeah, person. I don't think gender would. I never took that away from it in the books. And yeah. um, I must say, he is not my Will Graham. Because I <laughs> Red Dragon is one of my favorite books of all time. And I, when I first oh when I first watched it, I, I really enjoyed M. Edward Norton's version of him. I really thought that was that, that was a good portrayal. Manhunter um, was the better one. Sorry. No, no. Because I do like the fact that we get um I know Brian mm. Cox is, is an amazing Hannibal Lecter. I thought he was really good. But mm. I do like the fact that we got Anthony Hopkins back, even though yeah. I didn't like the fact that it was a bloated out Anthony Hopkins and not a younger version of how he should have been. But yeah. that's that's can't be helped. Um, I remember watching the series and just going, that's not my Will Graham. Yeah. I think now that I, I, loved, now that I, I know... Loved, is it Miles? Uh, um, Miles, Miles, Miles Hannibal was... Yeah. was I, I know everyone goes back, but seeing Hannibal in his prime that was yeah. absolutely brilliant and um it's just his mannerisms and how he plays with things as well just to see I'll do this he's, to get this reaction I'll toy with this and um that portrayal was just done sorry sorry for cutting you off there Sam I do apologize <laughs> no that's all right it's fine this, um, um, this goes back to what Grant was saying as well with the gatekeeping mm-hmm. oh definitely I, I'm not a fan of the book I'll be honest I'm not he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely outstanding. I, I absolutely love the bloke. It doesn't like Rogue <clears throat> One, Doctor Strange, um, this even I even watch Bond. I'm, I hate mm-hmm. James Bond. I even watch Bond because he was the, the bad guy. I just think his range is just unreal. And the fact that he took on the Hannibal that I, that we that we do want to see because yeah. we just see and we just see the incarceration side of him and we know mm-hmm. That that line in Scream really pisses me off when they mention, um, did they, you know, why did Hannibal Lecter? We don't know why Hannibal Lecter did what he did. Well, we fucking do. We do, yeah. (laughs) We do because he hated imperfection. Everything. Mads Mads gives it a certain level of continuity as well when you look at the broader Hannibal um, movie series, specifically Hannibal Rising. Yes. And the way that I forget the actor's name, but the way that that lad plays the very, very young Hannibal, it's almost mm-hmm. like you can see progression from him into Mads and then mm-hmm. from Mads into yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Even if they do screw yeah. with the timeline, something chronic, yeah. it's there's as far as the personification of the character is concerned, I think that they cast him 
well and you know he's kind of he's in there and the the young lad that played him in Hannibal Rising has got the the Eastern European accent got the Lithuanian that he's supposed mm-hmm. to be yeah. um and then Mads obviously takes his Danish accent and tweaks it slightly in order to make it sound like that, but makes him a little bit more well-spoken. And then as he continues through, he becomes more and more well-spoken as he becomes more and more proficient in English to then yeah. become the Hannibal that we all know and love from Anthony Hopkins. And I just want to shout as well, I can't talk about Hannibal without mentioning the absolutely amazing Gillian Anderson. She was absolutely gorgeous and phenomenal in that, that, that show. That woman, what that woman touches at the moment is just pure gold. When She's she was in gold. American Gods, absolutely <gasps> fantastic. Amazing. She was amazing. In The Crown, she got, for an American, she got Margaret Thatcher spot on. Like, <laughs> that was on. a difficult one, like. <laughs> wasn't me proudest <laughs> but yeah I just wanted to say that as well and, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to, how to come back from that one but yes uh, I'll take a couple of shots at it <laughs> but then sex educate I, I spent the whole of my youth watching X-Files waiting yeah. for it to jerk something off and in sex education she came out with that aubergine and I, I can just die a happy man now. I really can. oh that's getting put out as well isn't it and, uh, <laughs> and on that note I will Yes. This bad boy because we could go on forever. I have yes. thoroughly enjoyed every second of this. I really Let's have. Let's do it, I man. Can't, I, can't <laughs> I can't wait. The, the, the extended cut. Well, to, 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 to be fair, <laughs> when you've got the live version. one, we'll just get you to log in early and like, say, spend 12 hours with us. That'll be the difference. <laughs> oh, God, God help you, mate. God help you. <laughs> I can't we'll make this a practice one. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait until we can up when we can sit down and like one to one with you because it's been honestly absolutely fantastic. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Tonight. Thank you very much. Open. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well because, like I say, I definitely wouldn't mind having having you back. Definitely. Uh, like I say, you know different topics as well. I know uh, next month we're going to go a bit lighter um, with a few of the topics. <laughs> But um, but yes, but it's been an absolute pleasure. So, anything you just want to say or anything you want to bring up before we do wrap up? Um, think anything you want to plug for the book club? Book club, chuck the book club in there. I'll do it. I'll make sure it's done every week. It's Charlotte. (laughs) One thing I do want to ask before we do wrap up as well, um, not doing top fives. Name your favorite scary movie. Go. Nightmare on Elm Street. Cool. Grant. Al Cool. Kev. Kev. I can't. I genuinely can't. It's just, <laughs> it's so, it looks like I've it's in so pain. I physically, yes. I think I'm going to have to choose one that's completely out, like out there. Not many people know about it. It's an early Bruce Campbell one. It's a complete another eighties video, nasty. It's terrible, but I love it. Maniac Cop. Ah, awesome incredible awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, mine, I, I say it's always been a toss up, but I'll probably go this week because I'm, I'm probably sick of Chop watching the Halloween films. It's, uh, I'm going to go with Jaws. Exorcist. Can't, cool. I can't. It's my favourite. Always will be. So, are we going to do our shameless plugs of the book yes. club? Yes. Uh, so, I'm yeah, just so... going to keep coming in there all the time, Charlotte. Now, I'll make sure <laughs> the book club is mentioned. And, every and the podcast. Moment. 
and the podcast November. on the 28th. Yeah. Yes, on the 20th, 20th yes. Of so November. 20th of November, that's going to be this, uh, like I say, the charity one. It's going to be live, which terrifies us. Hopefully it works. There will be some technical issues at some point, but we'll Who get gives that a done. shit? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll fix it. <laughs> so just to like, say, give the like I say the uh, the Facebook group a, a plug. Um, it's nerdy up. I, I always call it Facebook up, uh, community, but it's the nerdy up north community. You can find us uh, pretty easy now. Seems to be fine. Everyone seems to be finding us. Don't know how, but um, from all over the place. Yes, and uh, the nerdy up north book club is uh, is part of that as well, which Charlotte runs with. Uh, I've forgotten his name. It's Peter, yeah. isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Very posh lad. He's very nice. Um, also, as well, this will be on YouTube. So, again, you'll see some great facial expressions um, and seeing uh, when Grant talks about, uh, like, say, the... The aubergine. The aubergine <laughs> and also... Uh, the, like, the, the human centipede. Seeing Sam's face when Grant talks about the human centipede is worth... I might even zoom in on it just to... Just to Please, give, give don't. Don't be such a dick. <laughs> but, uh, yes, you'll find us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify and Amazon Music. And, again, anywhere else... And get us up uh, I'll put us up as well um, <laughs> our Instagram's just hit 2,500 members as well so that's that's grown a little bit again I just normally post shit that everyone else posts on the Facebook group um, but yes it's basically so, just Kev's memes Kev's yeah, memes get, I do steal them quite a lot <laughs> but yes fun. but thank you guys for so much and uh, thank you Sam for like say, coming off to work and uh, putting up with us but yes uh, same bat time same bat channel Stay nerdy, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.